Alright, welcome to episode 13 of Solid 60. It is a little late in coming, though you probably wouldn't realise that. It's just I know it and that's what matters. Um, I'm looking at the laptop and the audio is bouncing off the charts. It's got a little um, meter that runs along telling me how loud it is and when it's red that's probably not a good sign. So I'll try and move it a little bit further away. There it is, my first arm of the episode. I'll probably get rid of it, but yeah, that's one thing I find myself doing mainly in editing, which I did last night. There it is again, I've got the R and the arm. All these verbal ticks. I was not aware of If you ever want to find out about yourself in terms of what you need to improve conversationally, um, definitely do a podcast and edit it yourself and you'll discover just how often you do something really annoying. Hey, you might be perfect. I don't know, but uh, I, I severely doubt it. Currently now shopping through my picture folders because I opened up this to look at what episode the last one was. I lose track pretty easily. I should stop doing that. I should look at the internet, weirdly. I should not do that on a phone call, but during a podcast, it's recommended. I'm going to go past all the ones we looked at already last week. Gaming disorder as a mental health condition. That was the last one I kind of brought up. And then I passed out. Thankfully, today I'm doing it at about five in the afternoon, which you'd think, wow, this guy's on his game, except for the fact that it's Wednesday, not Monday. So that's the first time I ever went over. Um, not so much posting it, but recording it past the Monday. So a little bit hating on myself. I didn't do any fitness stuff. I didn't really do the article. I'm a little beat up about that in terms of motivation. I'm just like, well, with no one reading them, why do we do it? Other than, obviously, the reasons I used to give myself was practice. Uh, and I just talked to Karen, and uh, she said, well, just remember Colonel Sanders. He tried 150 times, getting rejected every single time with his secret recipe before he finally made it big. I'm not sure that is the best analogy, shopping around fried chicken, but I get the principle, and it's probably sound. So uh, I will get to it. I've just got to force myself off Netflix. I finally finished the first season of, and the only season so far, Mindhunter. I know they are doing a second because everyone watched it, or anyone with a brain, and it is amazing. It's probably the best, I can't say the best show I've ever seen. That's a really reductive blanket statement, but definitely the best of its type in terms of true crime historically accurate well obviously with some liberties i mean it's based on the fbi behavioral science unit uh formed in the 70s by young well i I mean i kind of feel bad for him like the main actor he's a bit of a sherlock holmes but he's also a bit of a douche like he keeps letting his ego get away from him but he really knows what he's doing and none of them are perfect the older guy that takes him under his wing and ends up being out sean great actor can't remember his name right now, but he's amazing. He just, no one's perfect. Everyone in it is completely and utterly flawed. Uh, so you get to see them, the relationships build, crumble, rebuild. I, I can't think of another show which uh, was so accurate at capturing the feeling that I've been getting more and more of as I get older, or I've just never noticed it so strongly, of how a friendship can pop up based on what you're projecting it should be, what you're hoping for, you know, that whole giving everyone the benefit of the doubt and, hey, we get along about this one thing, everything else is just going to fall into place. We're on the same journey here. We're all just walking each other home. And then eventually things pop up and you drift apart or someone says something and gets taken the wrong way and that's been happening a lot. So it's, it's good to say it doesn't just happen to me. Uh, in that show, I mean, these guys are tight and they just, little things get in the way, ambition, egos, politics, and it's just suddenly they're not on solid ground. Suddenly they can feel the ice thinning or it's, yeah, it's just, it's really intense. And eventually he has a nervous breakdown. I don't want to give it away. I'm not going to go too much into, I mean, it happened. So I don't know if it counts as spoilers when, well, I don't know how close it is to what went on. It does make me want to look into it. Um, obviously, there, there was a unit like that back in the 70s. They come up with terms like um, serial killer, stresses, 
just the entire thing was almost started from scratch. I'm sure they're for dramatic license or for the ease of viewing, uh, simplifying it a lot, you know, truncating huge amounts of time, possibly mixing up genders and adding chemistry where there wasn't any and things like that to make it watchable. But it still comes across as fairly uh, realistic. All the actors look reasonably like who they would be, um, unlike a lot of these slick shows where everyone looks like a 21-year-old uh, Abercrombie and Fitch model. Uh, no, they look like real people. I mean, they're still attractive, quite a few of them, but in a realistic way, if that makes sense. It's I think it's David Fincher as one of the directors, and I can't recommend it more. Uh, the other thing I just started watching is... Luke Cage season two just dropped. I uh, saw the first episode, very similar to the first season's uh, tone and pacing, pretty slow. There were some great action pieces, but I mean, and the music's amazing, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's all just so. It reminds me of Arrow in that world, like Daredevil's dark, Punisher's dark, and they really just take it all away. Whereas you know the the DC, what do you call them, CW stuff, they keep it pretty light. I mean, it, there's lots of heavy themes. I remember um, a lot of loss, a lot of sorrow, a lot of try and complicate things with the, the family, familial relationships being broken and put back together. But with Marvel, I guess it's more the, I suppose, like the gore factor. Like there was a scene where one guy, his nemesis Bushmaster turns up and to, you know, at least to the audience, come across as quite intimidating. He uh, takes out an existing gangster by putting him in a headlock and then basically cutting half his head off like right across his eyes with this knife that was pretty gruesome and yeah i did the job i think he basically said hey if you guys want to throw down i'm, I'm ready to go after they'd shot him about 50 times because obviously he's got the same bulletproof skin as luke cage because he needs someone i think the whole point of the like 90 percent of the first episode was just him showing how freaking invincible he was and no one had a chance like as long as, you know, no one's at his level, he's going to run Harlem. So, of course, they bring in this guy who's from the comics, apparently. Um, and he's got this great kind of Jamaican patois. And uh, it should be interesting to see them tangle. I know, of course, Luke's going to win in the end. And I've read some spoiler about Daredevil getting involved um, and messing things up. But I guess I'll sit through it. There's 10 more hours to watch. I know there's less episodes than Daredevil, which, is fi- which I'm fine with because... Uh, that is a much superior show as long as they keep up the quality that it's had enjoyed so far. So I'm forward to getting through the rest of that. Of course, it'll opportunity cost nature of time. It will mean I'm doing less writing or less finishing Grand Theft Auto, whether that's going to happen. Well, I went to EB a few weeks ago and bought like, I don't know, 10 games because they're doing one of those ridiculous sales I do once a year where you can't see anything in the store except these giant for sale signs. It's pretty impressive. Like, they always kind of make fun of it um, in memes, even themselves. And uh, I, I can't think of another shop which goes that all out in terms of sales, marketing material. Like, these signs of the size of the shop. And you can't see anything other than just these red and white clearance posters. It's, mm, I guess it's impressive in a way. Like, that, turn it up to 11 um, but when you go in, it's always a little bit disappointing to see the prices that, yeah, they, you know, they have the odd thing at half price, but that across the board, it's the big games that the recent releases and stuff are still pretty close to full price. So it's a little misleading, but I keep going in because now and then you find a nice bit of loot, like in the, um, section where they sell merchandise and shirts and things like that, where it's just been dropped down to like less than half price and. That's how I ended up with uh, Voltec beer coasters and uh, glasses and things like that. And a freaking mouse. So I'm pretty sure I got that from the website, which I went on recently and there's not half as many products. I don't know what they did. They pretty much slashed their the variety and number of products that you can purchase on the Bethesda website. Now it's kind of like, like three or four shirts for Fallout and a couple of other little figurines and things like that so not sure how I feel about that if they're going for quality over quantity that's cool but I don't know if that's the best way to go because it just will drive people that want to buy that stuff onto things like wish.com 
uh, Etsy and places like that where you can buy plenty of, well, I wouldn't say it's knockoff, but homage, Fallout style referencing things. And I guess, they f- I don't know if they fall under fair use, but the numbers are in such low, like hobbyist amounts that they don't get chased. So yeah, basically that was the, I'm not going to read the Who article. That was what I was, I wish, yeah, that jumped up in my head because I've been all over that freaking site from about three or four weeks ago. I started dabbling. Things were free. I was like, it's freaking free. I mean, to be fair, it's like a crappy looking watch or a pack of stickers. Nothing amazing, but I mean, who's going to say no to something free? Even if you pay five or six bucks for postage, it's, you know, hard to uh, ignore the value of something that's essentially knocked down to you know a tenth of its original price so you know I wore it away and then suddenly it was shirts I was getting jackets uh, more watches a bunch of other sticker packs um, and it's finally all started arriving and of course the quality leaves a little to be desired I was after a Voltec shirt that um, matched my tights that I got from God knows where, I think the website a few months ago, maybe over a year, I've never worn them because I was like, you're going to wear these blue and yellow tights and then what? Nothing, literally nothing goes with that. And finally found a shirt which looked the business, got it sent in. It's the XL, but it feels like a medium, um, which is pretty much the go with all the Chinese uh, fashion websites. You have to order like three sizes bigger than you actually are. I'm sure there's some. I know Asians are smaller, so their whole ratio of and form factor of sizing is is a different scale altogether. But come on, I mean, like that small, like an XL feels like a medium. That's that's just messed up. Um, but thankfully, the Punisher shirt which I got today, I got the double XL that just fits. I, I and I haven't got that much bigger. I know I'm a little overweight, but I'm not a double XL, so. You know, I've I've learned the hard way to um, check the right box, and thankfully that shirt was fine. Obviously, the Fallout one, it's got 111 on the back, or you know, Vault 111, except the ones were mirror imaged, as in facing the wrong direction. Uh, I got a reply from their customer service saying that they would uh, refund the money. I haven't seen that yet. I should probably go have a look at my bank account actually if that's going to work there it is online banking for some reason the access code doesn't work anymore just filled in I have to type it out every single time but that's probably a good thing given that I leave this computer on all the time and here we go pending wish.com well that's a debit because I just bought some more crap today I've got $800 left well that's probably too much information but hey I'm the only one that will ever hear this again, so it doesn't matter. Today is, by the way, the 27th of June. Um, So when I do an article, I've really got to get one done by the end of the the month. It'll be like June, yeah, pretty much the June end beyond the con. And I've got a shitload of articles that I've got to reference. Not really because there's been a lot of content, but just because I've left it so long. So the occasional drib and drab that I could pull together they just accumulate and uh, yeah I'm just gonna have to make it really short like little bullet point style references and that might work for people credit 950 oh that was my pay coming in and I've got $10 at Bondi Junction not sure what that was I'm pretty sure it was parking my standard $17 a Porto lunch you gotta go that triple tropo it's got the bacon it's got the pineapple it's just insane. It's the best thing, best burger I've had from a fast food joint anyway. Not counting the, because um, I'm not sure that counts as fast food. Killer Burger, no, not Killer Burger was awful. It was the largest burger I ever had, but it was terrible. Now I'm thinking of those uh, gourmet ones. Already forgotten the name. There's like one or two in Sydney, so they don't count. I'm talking about chains that are everywhere. Uh, you got to mix it up, but a Porto's probably do the best thing. Uh, but even then, you can't have this at every day. Like uh, this morning in Hungry Jack's for brekkie, healthy as, large coke, and a long chicken burgery thing. It was, yeah, 
still feeling guilty about that. But at least I um, turned it around for lunch and had two burritos. Very healthy, back on track. Uh, and there we are, that's the next one, wasn't it? Hungry Jacks, $11. This could be a fun podcast. Here a guy go through his bank statement. Another Wish, $9.70, that was probably just some free shit. Then a Porto's again, then Hungry Jacks again. <laughs> then my Vodafone bill, 86 bucks. Uh, yeah, so since last podcast, I did pick up my new phone, which is basically the same as the old one, because the selfie but camera still doesn't really work. It's blurry as fuck. So, of course, then I can't use the um, iris scanning technology, so I couldn't use the Samsung cloud password thing to reinstall everything. I basically just had to go around and remember, and if I couldn't remember passwords, uh, reset them. Yeah, I, I basically reset from the old phone that I'd used for like a day, which had a really old set of apps on it, and not the last time I'd used the Samsung. So I dropped a whole bunch of crap. I should have restored the Samsung to... Anyway, that is fine. I'll live. I've been using it for a while. Obviously, it's been like a week, and it's it's good to have it back. I certainly missed it. Uh, Jack Horner Group, Jamison Town. So that's what it comes up as on your bank statement for the coffee club. Jack Horner. Sounds like really like a really American thing. I'm going to Google that name. What's that charge? Oh, okay. That's a website where you can type in that are on your bank statement and you don't know what they are. It's called What's That Charge. That's that's a great idea. So anyway, I'll, go, I'll move on to the articles that I haven't actually... Have some problems with the uh, Brain Trust server, but now it seems to be fixed. So last week should be ready to listen to. Hopefully you're doing them in order if you are listening. I was reading an article about Babylon 5 and how they messed up all the CGI because back when they were converting it for DVD, um, they had to also had to convert the format to widescreen and they couldn't do it properly unless they spent some money and they were too cheap to do that. So it ended up looking really crap. So that's kind of a pity. It's a nice little article and it's quite long on how and why that happened. Um, I love stuff like that. There's not enough people out there reading them. I've got a wired article on uh, the mystics seeking eternal life through liquid nitrogen mm. and there's a photo of what looks like a sleeping bag like a dead body it's literally a dead body in a green sleeping bag with rope tying it together so not the image that i would have expected from a tech article but okay then there's a giant old truck with a tank on the back and a cl- that's a beautiful photo just this huge cloud of white steamy smoke uh, workers stockpile dry ice outside a liquid nitrogen factory near Moscow. Yeah, it definitely looked Russian. Supplies cryo-rust. Cost of nitrogen is 10 rubles per litre. Uh, that doesn't mean a lot to me. A technician dons a mask to protect against carbon dioxide fumes. That's probably a good idea. So that's a really big thing in Russia. Um, cryogenic freezing. I'm certainly going to look into that one day myself. But obviously the cost at the moment is pretty high. It's 36 grand to cryonize a corpse. Or half that for just the head. So you can go the full... You want the full Philip J. Fry? That'll be 36 grand. Or you can get the Richard M. Nixon half off. It doesn't... Yeah, it's, so it's, you know, 15 and a bit... 17,000 for the head. Christ, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, you pay it. Surely there's some kind of upkeep. That's what worries me. Because it's going to be possibly thousands of years before they come up with a way to revive a corpse. I mean, come on. It's not like uh, snapping a finger. You're going to have to essentially, if I'm going full sci-fi, run electrical signal through the body. It's not going to really be you. It'll be like a copy of your nervous system and brain cells if they survive. That's the problem with freezing. All the blood crystallizes and just gets destroyed. They're trying to come up with ways to fix that. But so far, that's the problem. As much as I want to do it, I've yet to see any proof that your, your blood doesn't just explode and your, your cells get completely destroyed. So until I see any proof otherwise, I don't know why this is all Russian because crazy shit goes on there and they just do it rather than all these boring first world countries that have silly things like ethics and legislation. What else have I got? Bethesda suing Warner for ripping off Fallout Shelter in its West world game that this has popped up a bit 
Warner Brothers released a mobile game based on the Westworld series, which isn't something we'd normally pay much attention to. We are in this case because the launch of the game was followed shortly by the launch of a lawsuit filed by Bethesda alleging the game is a blatant ripoff of Fallout Shelter. It's actually built on the same code. Now, you'd think this is a little uh, churlish and uh, petty of Bethesda, but apparently it's got a bug in the game that's exactly the same as um, the, the Fallout game. And I'm looking at some screenshots here, and damn, it is just a reskinned Fallout Shelter game. It's pretty much exactly the same. So I can see their point. I mean, and it's common as Warner Brothers, you'd think they'd have enough money to do it properly. You could pr- maybe blame the developer. So as far, as far as Warner Brothers knows, they've just gone out and paid a heap of money to some games developer to bring them something cool and not realize that uh, it's an unauthorized copy of yeah Fallout Shelter. So you can, it's like the artwork thing with Star Wars, how they wanted to remove the the guns but it was really oh no that wasn't the issue the issue was the people that contracted to get the artwork just ripped off some artist's stuff like his exact style and obviously the people at the top of the chain didn't realize that um, but it makes them look bad anyway kind of a pity because you know you'd think warner brothers would have a slightly better quality control system but uh, they might have to work on that moving on to facebook testing subscription groups that charge for exclusive content yeah. my dream would be to make money from cosplay in action but in reality that's never going to happen they're letting group admins charge 4.99 to 20.99 or 29.99 per month to access special sub- subgroups full of exclusive posts a hand-picked array of parenting cooking and organize my home groups will be the first to get the chance to spawn subscription group open to their members yeah see rating systems get the 30% cut of users first year and subscription 15% after that yeah nope it's not so much about making money as it is investing in their community says groups product manager Alex Deve so how do I get in touch with this guy hey we can restore some of my lost profiles Uh, the fact that there will be funds coming out of the activity helps them create a higher quality content some admins tell Facebook they want to funnel subscription dues back into activities their group does together offline. See, that would make sense if Cosplay in Action did stuff offline. We used to do barbecues and things, but then it got too big and we got we moved out of town and had a baby and it just got crazy. I can't see this working. I can't imagine I would want to pay for any group right now that I'm in. Like, unless they really up what they're delivering. I, I can't imagine it. Between subscriptions, ad revenue shares, tipping, sponsored content, and product placement, creators are suddenly flushed with monetization options. While we spent the last few decades of the consumer internet scarfing up free content, creativity can't be a labor of love forever. Letting creators earn money could help them turn their passion into their profession and dedicate more time to making things people love. So that makes sense if it's like a creator-owned group say like a patreon style situation where they get to see behind the scenes stuff and get exclusive uh, not so much just content but also things so they're in this little this uh maybe they can join in on video chats and things like that i don't know i just from what i've seen the interactivity level is very even in, in a group that's really busy like a hundred thousand plus members like aussie man cave god forbid do not go there it is border of facebook but even there, it's like the most interaction people do is leave, you know, a racist comment or some kind of trolling, and and that's it. They just in and out and gone. There's not a lot of, you know, as soon as you get to that size, it's very rare that there's much of a community that's sort of consistent. Where they're like, hey, how's it going? You know, where you get regular friends sort of meeting up every time. That's the good thing about a smaller group, is if it stays relatively active you will get condition of regular posters and things like that. Which is, oh, the other thing that happened, I got was Rachel messaged me from Village Roadshow who own the Movie World and a bunch of other theme parks. Basically, it was Movie World related because uh, from the 1st of July, so in three freaking days, that is soon on Sunday, they're going to start a two-week event where every single day 
a uh, cosplay prize will be given out of $1,000 to the best DC uh, entrant. I don't know how they're going to pull that off every single day if they're going to find someone worthy. I mean, eventually it's just going to go to someone in a onesie. So she got in touch and said, look, you want to give away two free tickets because it's about $90 to enter the theme park itself. So you're putting down some money just to, if you're only going in for the competition, it's a bit of a risk. So to be able to give away some free tickets would be kind of nice. So definitely put that up. I decided to make it interesting and tell people to describe their favorite hero and what they would do as that hero for two or two weeks or something because it's a two-week thing so why not uh, it's gone quite well on beyond cosplay we've had quite a few entries uh, she also gave me two tickets for the group which was that was what she contacted me about first hey you're the admin of this group so much emo been having rough times lately with the ex i guess that's how that goes but during the day normally it's pretty good she took gabriel to they have some kind of a circle of faith, circle of trust, circle of security, something like that, where she learns about how to parent and usually comes from away from it fairly enlightened and rings me and tells me all about the new things I've learned. It all sounds like a good thing. So it was going pretty well and then until just now, apparently, I messed up again. Alicia Keys, yeah, what did happen to her? There's a post going around like, there's people who used to be big, but we don't hear much about anymore. It's like the lamest like question post thing ever, and uh, yet it's gone freaking nuts. Everyone's coming out with one. Leifu, why you keep suggesting people that unfriended me? Facebook just rubs my face in it. Yeah, so what else is going on on there? People just liking my comments and different people posting in other groups. So that's dead air to me. Uh, I was reading an article about China. Ghost city time. I'd love to go there. If I can ever travel again, I will be hitting up the old China. Even if you don't have Facebook over there, maybe it'll be good for me to go a week or two without it. Uh, I know when I got on, I would have done this podcast a lot earlier, but uh, I just couldn't stop scrolling. I was on that main news feed and just scroll, 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 scroll. I don't know what I was looking for. I was like in a trance and I just keep, keep on scrolling. It's not a good thing. It's like, the only thing I can compare it to is maybe Civilization when I used to play that where I would just keep hitting the next turn. So I do have a slightly addictive personality with very specific things. Like I never got addicted to drugs. Oh, that's what I did too. I got sort of stoned for the first time in probably a decade or longer because 2001 in Holland, I might have had an edible, like a brownie. And I remember floating around the room for a bit then. And that was it. Now it's 2018. I went to a party. Jet had like a housewarming for a place that's about to get um, knocked over. Pajama party. So I saw Lewis. We went and watched uh, the film. And it was quite good. I had a good time. The Incredibles too. So can't recommend that uh, more. I really, really enjoyed it for any age. Uh, he, of course, had a good time. It was a bit in and out, of course. Uh, pretty much straight after the movie, they took off. So hopefully this week or next we can just um, play some board games or something or watch Jurassic Park. and uh, That's okay too. It looks pretty silly, but it's always a bit of fun. Um, but of course, I prefer to do some one-on-one time, just actual interaction. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I am still don't know what's going on there. Like, is freaking nine. I can't demand or expect any kind of... You know, I can't judge what's happening from his end. I just... I get neurotic and go, does he want me around? Is he into it? And I just overthink it. And I just get really depressed about whether we're going to have any kind of father-son style relationship down the track or just see me as some distant, kindly uncle. That's my big fear with both my sons because I don't get to see them a lot. So, yeah, I just, I'm hoping, again, all I've got is that when he gets a bit older, it'll get easier. Um, And he'll, you know, want to actually start uh, taking some initiative and uh, me not needing to or not leaning on a reflex to be passive aggressive about like oh so can we hang out or I don't know not do anything weird like that because I know that sometimes you could unconsciously slip into I don't know I just I want to be like totally cool about it just whatever you want but also it's it's weird it's it's your freaking son and I, 
dual can't get over the fact that I'm a father and I've got two kids and it's just such a responsibility but one that I cherish and it's such a privilege but I just worry every day that I'm doing it wrong um, and constantly dreading that you know that eventual meet uh, you know when they're both older just that sort of sit down of like dude what the hell <laughs> I have to explain everything I've done as a parent up to that point and I, I just worry that I won't be able to look them in the eye so that's uh, it just kills me that's probably my biggest 100% my biggest fear that I'm not going to be able to do the best that I can for them anyway that got a bit dark so let's move on to more fun things yeah ghost cities in China would love to see them just giant there's over 65 million empty apartments they've built enough infrastructure for over 4 billion people <laughs> and that's obviously there's a lot of people in China but not that many it's just this weird sort of habit they've got into like each area that has sort of a council or whatever it's decided to go into massive amounts of debt to build these giant cities the size of New York and not have anyone in them I mean some come there was a factory built to create iPhones Foxconn decided to move into one town and immediately 200,000 people jump-started the ghost city overnight so that's kind of cool I would have loved to have been around to see all that and, and the country just transform but uh, it's pretty it's probably the most exciting place to be in the world if you can get your head around the language and the culture uh, I can't think of anywhere else that would be changing so quickly uh, you know since the 90s that's where you, that, that would be the place to be when I was in Japan I nearly thought about I, I met a guy that was a bit older than me but was moving between Japan and China doing different jobs he could speak a fair bit of Japanese I think he was like an entertainer he was like this sort of singing carrying on just one of those people you meet and you're like, wow, what a life. Just a real character. Yeah, I can't really do him justice. Describing him, I'm trying to think of that singer. It's like a lounge singer type. And, and now I'm reading articles that even in China today, companies hire white people just to stand around and make the company look more reputable. <laughs> Which is, I could do that. you know. And, and I remember people telling me back then, because I was considering learning Chinese and I even started... For a little bit at TAFE and they're like yeah but Chinese people speak English my older sister told me that too like you, there's plenty of Chinese people that speak English so there's no point but clearly if it was really good Chinese um, I would have been able to do something over there so kind of wonder what would have happened if I'd gone in that direction maybe if I can have a Groundhog Day life about Groundhog life uh, that's, that's definitely an avenue I would explore but uh, moving on from that. Oh yeah, this is pretty cool. A Russian billionaire declares himself leader of a new space nation as Guardia at lavish castle ceremony. That's freaking amazing. And they've got this random artwork. I don't know if it's from the Asgardian website or whatever they have, but basically it's this old couple walking through a giant space dome with, like so there's these huge glass walls outside. It's just you know stars and night sky and then a look what looks like a planet floating past and a bunch of people in spacesuits but on the inside it looks like a cobbled street in surrey hills like there's literally cobbles like a big tree lots of greenery there's butterflies balloons randomly like it's just a little bit optimistic i think so it's the brainchild of a russian rocket scientist That's, of course it's another russian he wants to be the first fully independent nation in space so engineers, scientists and law experts unveiled plans to establish an Asgardian colony on the moon and build a series of special platforms called space arcs where people can live. Artists' uh, impressions show giant clear dome platforms floating through space with people walking through Earth-like neighbourhoods. While functioning as a real nation, Asgardia would also help protect the Earth and keep the peace in space. At the moment, anyone can become a citizen. But Dr. Ashur Beyelay, or Ashur, I'm not even going to try, has said he wants to attract the world's most creative minds and may eventually bring in a mandatory IQ test for potential Asgardians. Well, I'm screwed. More than 200,000 people have already signed up via the nation's website, including thousands of Australians. But Dr. Let's call him Ash. 
wants to recruit a total population of about 150 million within the next 10 years. Wow, good luck, buddy. It's going to have to go a bit more viral than it has. Um, how close is it to becoming a reality? Well, it's a long way to go, obviously. But he's got a satellite, Asgardia 1, very creative name. And he plans to expand that to a constellation of satellites by 2019. What's the next year? Uh, he's established a parliament made up of dozens of MPs who met for the first time ahead of the inauguration ceremony in Vienna. Oh, that's cool. Um, what now? The next step is to set up a Ministry of Foreign Affairs and a National Bank. Within the next three months, a government will be established, uh, which will deal with diplomatic solutions to establish bilateral relations with countries on Earth. That's so cool. Once we have a certain number of bilateral agreements, following UN rules will apply to become a member of the United Nations. Jesus, they're not messing around. Other important milestones will be the establishment of the nation's bank and currency. All of this needs to be completed by the end of the year. He vowed it will be a reality within 25 years. Now, is this vaporware? Wow, the photo of the guy, he looks like um, he's got this bulbous nose, this big pockmark face, white, balding hair. Like, it's just, you couldn't make this up. It's like Elon Musk in 100 years. Every cent spent on Asgardia up to date and still for quite some months to come is the investment by Dr. Ash. Yeah, he's paying for everything. How the hell is he so rich? I mean, to launch a satellite, that's not cheap. Well, he's a billionaire. It doesn't explain how he made his money. He's a rocket scientist. So I guess that, that uh, pays well. So hope that goes somewhere, because I'll certainly be on the first rocket ship. As long as, you know, maybe one or both of my sons can come along. And, uh, that's their sort of my only real attachment to Earth at this point. And uh, build that relationship. I mean, this is all years away. And will it end up like, not Jonestown in the sense that people will like drink Kool-Aid and die, but just, you know, it's kind of like this utopian dream and how well do any of those ever go? I don't want to be a cynic, but I am feeling cynical. Yeah, that was part of the reason I didn't do it last night and the night before. One, Netflix and two, really, I was just not in the right mood. I wasn't feeling good. Things have been a little rough lately. So I've just got to get on board with life and grab it by the horns. The thing that's been helping me the most has been uh, a series of podcasts. As much as I tune out sometimes, ironically, it's a meditation-centered podcast called 10% Happier. And uh, the the host is basically uh, ABC news anchor. It's either Dan or Sam Harris. I'm pretty sure it's Dan. Because uh, there's another guy that has a very meditation-based podcast as well called Waking Up with Sam Harris. Yeah, so that'll be interesting when I get to that to compare. Apparently that goes more deep into the mechanics of meditation and the neuroscience of it because that's another thing he is. Whereas this guy will dabble into that, but trying he tries to keep it reasonably pop and a lot, I wouldn't say light, but accessible. That's the right word. And he's interviewed everyone from the Dalai Lama to ex-politicians, celebrities. Uh, he's got some big names on there. Not all of them that I recognize. A lot of them are his friends from the meditation community. When they talk about mindfulness and concentrating on your breathing and letting that awareness of everything just sink in and, and the benefits of that and how it calms you and keeps you centered and, and just, I don't know. There's something to it. I haven't meditated yet, but the more they talk about how easy it can be to do, even for a minute here, as long as you're just sitting there concentrating and focusing on what you're doing and where you are, and just generally, I know it sounds wishy-washy, but being aware, uh, it's going to be a long time before I really try and meditate because I'm like all the people that he talks about that can't do it. I'll get distracted. I'm too busy. I'm too this. I'm too that. Uh, Totally, those are the same excuses I have and that he apparently had when he started um, a drug addiction they do a panic attack on air uh, which I like he kept talking about it kept talking about it and I thought it must have been this really embarrassing rant or something where he just broke down on live TV but when you look it up it's not that bad he just kind of flubs his lines a little and then passes it off to someone else so it's really not that dramatic but I guess for him being such a polished journalist it, it really was really embarrassing and he nearly lost his job apparently he admitted to a cocaine addiction 
but then you know did the whole rebuild go to not therapy um I know, I guess he got the help he needed and that became a comeback story and he got the podcast and now they do an app where you can meditate and, uh, yeah, hopefully he keeps doing it because it's interesting listening. I'm I'm really pushing through. Like, there was over 100 to catch up on and I'm halfway there. So it's been a... Listening to any... No matter how good it is, anything like that solidly for that long amount of time, like I've been in the truck for a while, get a little... Uh, not really old but like you can just your brain just tunes it out because people demand and people crave novelty the human brain just needs it so um, it does sort of switch off if you don't mix things up which is probably why a good reason to bring this to a close soon Um, I noticed listening to ABC's in the all in the mind and conversations with Richard Feidler and now he's got a co-host not at the same time but she comes in and helps out. I should know her name. I've heard it mentioned enough, but my brain doesn't work like that. Uh, basically, they do break it up with little bits of music and, hey, you're listening too. And it just it cleanses the palate, I think. So if I ever get my shit together, I should probably throw little music pieces in here and there during the podcast. So tell me what you think, whether you want that or you just want me to plow through. So I'm still looking through FARC. Yeah, F-A-R-K, and I'm up to... I've done all the news, and now I'm just going through the geek stuff. And it's a lot of headlines, and I don't know if it works to just read some out. Because a lot of them you do need to click to find out what the frick they're talking about. Like, say, Popular Mechanics is really scraping the bottom of the barrel for topics. And obviously, what the hell are they talking about? You click on it, and they're doing a massive, comprehensive review of short-handled screwdrivers which is to be fair yeah a little disappointing considering it's a magazine i grew up reading Uh, not the contemporary ones of the 80s but i think i had every issue from 1953 to 1969 they just dug them up in the in a box uh, from a second hand shop and i don't know paid like a dollar they're probably worth money though they were in perfect condition until my eight-year-old hands got all over them and i think i was pulling ads out posting them on the walls reading everything i could it's just this weird now if you read through it it's like fallout basically before the war it's that kind of perfect the artwork everything about it it's sort of all the nuclear families and smoking and driving cadillacs and building tree houses like it's got all these how to build you know all these cute little things that you know you can imagine the father and the son sitting together with a hammer and nails and the mum's back in the kitchen washing up and the daughter's making cookies or something like it's just this idyllic uh, landscape from that time obviously that's not what I would uh, encourage or promote now but it was just a weird little slice of time that I dived deep into in my youth Uh, so it was a little anachronistic in a reverse sense like I just went back in time I suppose it would be like a 10 year old now growing up reading nothing but like Russian literature and just it would mess your head up a little bit Uh, So I guess that informed my fascination with 50s and 60s classic cars and things like that. I was at, uh, that's, I got to uh, head up to something on Sunday. It was like, I forget what they call it, Rumble and Grumble or sort of car theme name. Basically, it was over 100 cars, maybe 200 lined up in this car park behind an RSL in Castle Hill. And uh, some impressive stuff. They had everything, you name it, from the 50s to probably the 80s would be the newest stuff and it was yeah Fords, Chrysler's mostly American uh, hot rods tea buckets you know some really really like elaborate artwork and, and airbrush stuff some just a lot of time and money spent on these machines and really good to see and the prices were reasonable they had these stalls with like scones and pastries and little like it was like one of those school fates it's like two dollars for this huge muffin and things like that so that was it's good to see a couple of jumping castles so you know kids was into that the kid was loving it but we left there reasonably early to go to a museum by the time we got in the car he was asleep so we just went to the uh, local was it castle hill castle towers grab some sushi do not go to that food court ever 
it has the loudest sliding chairs I've ever heard. It's like basically fingernails on a chalkboard. I know this might sound trivial, but trust me, it's like torture for anyone that's slightly sensitive to sound. Anyway, that's where we're at. I don't have a lot to report on otherwise, other than my mood not being amazing. Um, I'm hoping by next Monday, which will be coming up soon, um, I've actually run around a little bit. I uh, don't have any real plans for this weekend. The usual spot of air quotes work on Saturday. Thankfully, just a few more months of that. And then uh, hopefully see the kid on Sunday and go from there. Um, Thursday, I really will go out and do some running around because there's either jiu-jitsu or they do have the body pump circuit thing at the gym, which I did find fun. It was a little short, but that's what it's like with the hit training or whatever they call it. You're just on and off every minute or so. And yeah, when I'm being told what to do, I will do what they're telling me. To, like, I'll just get into it. Um, I just wish I could force myself to get in there more often. So that's the plan. Uh, for now, I'll get back to... What am I watching? Yeah, Luke Cage, not too fast. I'll probably throw the Xbox on. And I know I should be writing. Yeah, okay. I'll go through and get more freaking articles. Because that's what I need. More research that I'll have fun reading but then dread actually uh, doing any kind of summarizing. Also, I applied for the Smash Media Passes. Uh, there was only two of us, because apparently no one else is going. So it was just me me and Jamie. And he's pretty good with his camera. He's been uh, getting better over the years. So that'll be good to have on the books. We'll get plenty of uh, cool shots to share. And hopefully I will come up with a way, like last episode I was talking about, ways to talk about it in a different to, just to bring a different spin to it every year. I'm going to have to come up with something to go in with. So I'll be keeping an eye on... Like with with a mind to that when I'm walking around. Like, okay, this is the way I'm going to to talk about that aspect of Smash. Maybe look out for... See, see how many new punters come in. Like if it attracts any new people or if it's just regulars. See if there is any real difference. It is a weirdly unique event like I did ask a few people if they'd go and they were like no I'm not into anime and I'm like dude there's a lot more than anime there so it really needs to find a way to spread to that wider audience or does it because it does like the people that are into anime certainly love the fact that it does celebrate that and it's a big part of it so yeah I appreciate the aesthetic but I haven't watched anime properly for over 10 years so I mean I guess the last series I did put any effort into was Initial D and that's that's pretty old so I don't know I guess there's a little bit of a nostalgia thing when I see it even with the new stuff it's like that whole genre I kind of it's always going to have the similar look like even in a hundred years it's going to look like anime whether it's 3D virtual anime it'll still be the giant eyes and little chins and all sorts of weird going on goings on with demons and tentacles so it just puts me back into that comfortable teenage place man so on that exciting note because uh, that's coming up that's like august that's just over a month away yeah so what in the in the big news like the real news it's all it's still trump and refugees uh, at least he did that backflip but uh they're still carrying on like idiots so hopefully all that gets sorted out and we get some good news next week or at least by the weekend i don't know why people judge by the color of someone's skin yeah, then you keep seeing these videos shared of like people, uh, white people ringing the cops on black people for just doing normal human things like going to the pool or having a barbecue or selling water. It's ridiculous. And hopefully they get shamed. I've got a name here of the latest one. Stephanie Sebi Strempel. Christ, that's a very alliterative name. And she's literally hitting these teenagers for being at a pool. Like, it's nuts. And she ended up getting arrested, though. <laughs> she doesn't come across as drunk. She just seems like an angry mum. But, yeah, she got, she got arrested for assault on not just the teenager, but also the police. So, yeah, that's nice to see some karma there. And, uh, yeah, not everyone gets away with it these days. So, hopefully, even with all the shitty people that come out of the woodworks feeling validated by Trump, um, that, you know... And we had our own thing here with not really a race thing, but more like a left-right thing that goes on here because we don't... I mean, there are racial issues, but I don't think it's anywhere near, like, how intense it gets in America. But, yeah, we had that Blair Cottrell 
who I'd seen say a few anti-Muslim things and was like, well, he's just a bit misguided. He might mean well. But then he charged around Federation Square in Melbourne and called this guy a pedophile for wearing like a pink mankini while doing a a performance as a circus guy. And so him and his thugs have run up on the guy, intimidated him. He's a huge boy. I didn't realize how big he was when you see the video. Um, He clearly spends nine hours a day in the gym, does a fair bit of steroids. I mean, the guy's been convicted for selling steroids, so I'm not like, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, He's at least using the stuff. Yeah, just harasses this dude, gets shamed by a bunch of mums who are like, come on, he's just entertaining the kids. And eventually they post it on their own page as like a, hey, look what we did, aren't we awesome? And got pretty much buried by the amount of criticism. But weirdly and sadly, there's there's quite a bit of support out there as well. Like, I don't think it's anywhere near the amount of condemnation, but you do see quite a few people on Facebook going, yep, that's the way to go. You sort out those poofters and those uh, non-Anglo-Saxons. So we certainly have our own uh, outright community, if you can call it that. Yeah, I do worry sometimes if my cousin's slipping into that. It's always like, even, it's not Blair that has an Asian wife. It's some guy that, like, I read a John Safran article where he talked to all these outright groups and like the leader of one of the biggest ones basically he married a filipino or something like there's all these contradictions it's so weird like a lot of the outright people are either asian or um you know different ethnic groups but they've been here long enough to like count and just not want to have any more come in like it's all this it's so hypocritical and ill thought out and deluded and i just despair for humanity when you see so much of it going down the wrong like taking the dark path and just like hey man try some empathy just once like not one of them seems to have even tried to put themselves in someone else's shoes for a second like when you and it's just toxic like all these comments i gotta stop letting myself read them because it's just come on people really can't be this sociopathic and stupid like i know sociopathic isn't a word but the point is clear. Come on. Is it the internet just making the loud minority rise to the top? Or do we really have that many broken souls out there that uh, I don't know what to do? We just got to stay loud and stay strong. And the people that do have um, more, you know, human emotions and that can stay centered and be vigilant, that's all. Call out evil when you see it. And don't let people slide into an easy scapegoating of immigrants and things like that. Just always correct it when you see it. That's uh, On that note, it's uh, 5.59 near the end of June. And we're going to just... Uh, I'll see you back on probably the 2nd of July when I do another recording. Hopefully be back on track. Enjoy your week. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a week. A solid one. Thank you. <laughs>